At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello all. Welcome to Q&A again. Still January. Still that kind of time of the year when it's just a bit dark and a bit cold and um, just trying to get everything together. I was actually thinking back to this time last year and I seem to remember I moved my mate Dave to Chris House. Hello Dave, how are you doing? And also uh, Big Dave, I moved to Fishpond. So, I, you know, you forget from year to year what it was like last year. Um, but I seem to remember it's always like this. And I don't know if I'm just getting a little bit older, getting a bit creakier, gets a bit difficult getting back into it. But... We're powering through, <laughs> you know. It was it wasn't out this week, of course, because of the um, the, the speed awareness course, which knocked me out for Monday, and then kind of I, I keep doing these pickups where I'm picking up in the afternoon. I've got one on board right now. I've got to drop it off. It's been Sunday. I dropped it off yesterday because I'm recording this on Friday. I actually dropped it off. I'll drop it off tomorrow. Where I pick up um, in MK, and they're dropping to like the, meet the fitters in the morning. They're for them. Um, trolley things at Tesco's and um, Asda's and stuff like that. So you give them the parts and they fit them. So I've got that off in the morning. Um, so I'm working Saturday morning, but then I had, I had Monday off because of the speed awareness course thing. We'll come to that. Um, and I'm kind of grateful for it. I've got one on Tuesday as well. So, but we'll just, we'll keep going. We'll get there. We'll get there. So for an intro, uh, JRS says T-shirt, silence the lambs. And David Johnson says, I agree with JRS. Science of Lambs. I did actually give the answer at the end, but I know Sunday Q&A goes on for a bit. I don't know what I've got on today because I've got my switch on. Hang on a second. A bit of great TV there. Today we are OCP. That should be relatively straightforward in fairness. Um, I'll give the answer at the end if I remember. Uh, <laughs> do love these t-shirts. They're cool. Um, also, on the tea plantation thing, now I was going to Google this. There aren't any tea plantations in Norfolk. Surely there aren't any tea plantations. Because I was going on about the fact it's Yorkshire, not Norfolk, Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. But a few people did come back. Adam Connell says the tea plants at Taylor's in Harrogate are grown in big greenhouses. I seem to remember when I worked there for a few weeks. Yorkshire's daily grind, who kind of does regularly contribute, he said, on the Yorkshire tea subject... This is Taylor's again. Taylor tea makers in Harrogate, who are Yorkshire Tea and also Blend Coffee, 
He said, I believe it's brought in from abroad and blended. He said he did some work there operating his excavator over the weekend, ripping up a driveway um, surface while it was quiet for the vehicles. Like, you know, I can only say it stinks awful outside. The fact that if I work there all the time, it would put me off tea and coffee for life. Thankfully, it's just a weekend job. And Steve Campbell says the Yorkshire tea plantation is off the M62 in Oldham. Yeah, I don't think that's true, Steve. It's him, mate, you know. Um, he also goes on... Oh, that's, that's Lee Westcott. She says, what does anyone do? Right. Um, so I, I think probably the Yorkshire's Daily Gross probably got the right ideas, but I suppose you can call it Yorkshire tea if it's blended in Yorkshire. So if you actually bring the tea in from India or Africa or South America or wherever tea grows, I don't know. Alaska, don't think so. Um, and blend it there. The bit that gets me is he said that the smell's horrible. I kind of thought that if you were surrounded by like coffee beans and tea, it would smell lovely. But I suppose the tea bit might smell a bit like hemp. It might smell a bit, you, know, you walk out of a bit sort of like, um, but, but, but maybe not. I don't know. Got to be working better than the glue factory, I should think. But anyway, I will keep my eyes up for the tea plantation off the M62, Steve. I think I'm going to need very, very long eyes. Um, and just, I thought this was a little thing. Just as a sign, Lee Westcott says, just as a question, this should go to miscellaneous, but it's getting the wrong section. What does everyone do in the quiet times as a sideline? Can we throw that one out there? What are you all doing? Because the exchange is quiet at the moment. Like I say, Monday, um, Speed awareness course, nothing. Tuesday, thought I'll get because I had a pick up in the afternoon, thought I'd get something in the morning, nothing. Got to pick up Tuesday. Wednesday, I actually managed to run. Thursday, I was on site waiting for four hours, getting loaded, went down to Brighton. And today, one job and loaded for the morning. So I don't know what you guys are doing. Are you doing the small removals? Are you doing the, um, are you over the Amazon? You want to ship Lee? Let us all know. I always pass it on, you know, kind of thing. But in the meantime, I hope you are taking care and taking money. That's not the end of the video. If only Sun, if only Sunday Q and A's were that short, I hear you ask. But so this week, as I've mentioned, I've been on the speed awareness course. A couple of things I forgot to say in the video. You kind of work out when you're on these courses how often you should speak, because you get the people that want to speak all the time. They're just going to get on your nerves. And you get the people that never speak. And then it's like, you know, the guy's he's trying to do his best here. You've got to throw it out to him. And he's kind of going, so, is that a dual carriageway or a single carriageway? And we'll just sit there like this. We're only here because we have to be, and we're just waiting for the time to elapse. And you kind of try to make you sort of, so what I reckon is like maybe one answer in five. You kind of go, oh, that's that. I'll try and juice you up a little bit. You can inject the odd joke, maybe. Oh, I don't know. You just get through these things. The only reason we do them, is um, because otherwise it's points. And points will come to that as well. You don't want the points. You're going to take the course. It's better to take the course. I just wish... Like I said, the last course, I actually they, they said a few things. I thought, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. This one, I sat there for two hours and pretty much knew everything they told me. It was, it was more of a punishment than a re-education, I've got to say. And an argument can be made. I drive more than most. Is it fair? But this is what you guys had to say about it. So, uh, Craig MCG125 said, Never mind trying not to speed down motorways. I even feel like um, I can't keep up with the speed limits with the new smart motorways. It just adds to an element of suspense. Craig, mate, this week I'm driving down there and it said 50 on the first gantry, then 40, then 60. I could see the 60 before I entered the 40 and the whole thing was clear. And you ask yourself the question, why? 
Now I know you got to, you know, you might not know what's coming around the corner. There might be debris in the road. There might be a distance. No, there ain't. I can see the whole thing. But if I had been sort of changing the radio station, or if I had been, um, if someone had sort of, you know, the, the, the phone call had come in, you just got to click the button or something like that. So you, I'm always on the hands free. And if I'd have missed it, it's like, oh, you're doing 56 to 40 bank camera, you're done. And you think, is this, is this, I, sh- I know you say it's to help us and it's to save lives and, you know, to enforce things the right thing. But sometimes you think, yes, yeah, sometimes, mm, mine is not a reason why, mine is just to comply. Um, Simon James says, oh dear Pete, an occupational hazard, my friend, you're not wrong. Um, um, CJ's at 99. I think you also subscribed to those channel. Hi CJ, I've spoken to you for ages. He said, I think most of us get um, those worries dealing with these situations. Just like being able to get in without troubles. Driving has got on to be fiendish just about everywhere these days. Yeah, and I think he's right. I was speaking to Dave, the, 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 my mate Dave the Chris, he's a London cab driver. He says London's 20. Like you can go 20, but it's not just 20. Box junctions, red routes, cameras. Oh, it was no right turn last week, or it wasn't no right turn. It's no, it's no right turn this week, but we've hidden the sign. And you know, okay, I understand that you've got to do these things to keep people safe, but how much of it is keeping people safe and how much of it is sort of cheddar cheese for the council? These gas zones coming everywhere. Is there really that much difference between the emissions on the Euro 5 and the Euro 6? Or is it just, ooh, Berman is making a few quid. Let's get one down in Portsmouth. Didn't even know they had a zone. Birmingham, if you if you go into the zone, it's 50 quid. If you don't pay it, you get the fine. The fine 60 quid, 10 quid. Portsmouth, if you go into the zone, it's 50 quid. If you don't pay the fine, it's 60 quid. That's 50 plus 60, 110. You're, whoa, hold on. Won't be doing that again. <sighs> yeah, Portsmouth's got his own now. Uh, Lee Wiscott, he says, am I right in thinking if you're a commercial, we're back on the, um, uh, the, the speed of awareness course, by the way, if you're a commercial vehicle driver, your points and fines are doubled, um, and in my definition of commercial vehicle is um, a, it's from a Ford Fiesta van up to an HGV, as they look at people that drive commercial vehicles as professional drivers, they know I get the same amount of points if I go fast in speed camera as anyone, and they know which vehicle I'm in. So they will say, you were in this lorry driving this time, you were going this fast, you get the same points as everybody else. You're just far more likely to get them, because I drive on average 30, 40 hours a week. My wife might drive two hours a week, and I do my best to comply. That's the thing that frustrates me the most about the, the courses. Now, I think a lot of people have gone, that, okay, we don't speed anymore. These courses are designed to convince people that think, I'm going to speed, I'm going to go as fast as I can, not the speed. They're not designed to help people, well, they kind of are, that don't speed, that try not to speed to... You know, to comply, you know, to comply more. The truth is, sometimes we all make mistakes. And if you're doing something 10 times as much as someone else, you're 10 times more likely to make that mistake and get caught for it. That's the way I see it. Could be wrong. I'm not. Um, Tall man, small van. He says, I went on, on one of these courses at the start of 2019. My course, quite pertinent, this actually. My course was 90% couriers and HGV drivers. I wasn't one at the time. Um, 
one of the truck drivers trying to argue the toss because he says statistically we are more likely to get caught speeding and we should be let off. The people of course did not go with that. And the problem is they're going to give you the counter argument. They're going to go, no, you're professional drivers. You should know better. Which is fair enough, but like I say, with the best will in the world, if you're driving somewhere you don't know, and then suddenly it, it drops from 30 to 20 to 30, and you're not used to it, and you go, what? And then, boom. It's just, it's, it's pain. You do, the best, you do the best you can. Maybe people, maybe some people. I mean, in fairness, I say people are better drivers than me. I tend to get, this tends to happen to me on average once every 18 months. So at the moment, I've got three points on my license. I've just done my course. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my hardest here, guys. I have thought about it, though. I have thought about doing one of them Rosper things. You know, where you kind of look up ahead and you see the traffic and, the, you know, you get, you get, you can get, the insurance can go down. But then that means basically giving up my weekends to go driving when I drive Monday to Friday night to five anyway. So you think, uh. um, Domain name guy says, um, he said, I wouldn't do the course. I'd always take the points instead of the parking, instead of uh, parking tickets. Points are part of the job while driving. It's a very alternative viewpoint there, my friend. You basically, in the day, you choose. You do what you want to do. Personally, the fewer points on my license, I'd like it. I had a clean license for about two, three years. That was lovely. I'd, I'd love to get that back again. I'm going to try. Um, David Johnson says, um, second time on the course, I've been on almost 2,000 of them. David, you're allowed to do a course every three years. That makes you 6,000 years old. I'd like to meet you and find out what, what is the secret to your longevity <laughs> and ask you what Jesus was like. Um, but, yeah, no, I take your point, mate. I tell you, because they do courses on um, – you get one for speeding, one for speeding on a motorway, one for going a red light. One for, and there are probably other ones that I haven't even mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, I think at one stage my sister-in-law managed to do three speeding courses in the space of a month. She works from home now. <laughs> She's currently running the NHS. Hey, Joe. Um, and finally, on the subject, Godzilla's. He said, never had a course, never been done for speeding in 31, he says, uh, 31 years. It's a, it, it's a matter of time. I drive with a limit in mind, but the condition. He said, I don't drive with a limit in mind, but to the conditions, I don't believe that speeding exists. Mate, you are probably the luckiest man on the planet. I'd like to meet you too as well and find out what next, next week's lottery numbers are. But... That's a wonderful streak, and I pray and I hope it continues for you. So that was me on the speeding course. Multi-drop monthly, which is the kind of the one that I do every month for the Circuit channel. Those lovely people over at Circuit have got their own channel. My biggest video is on the Circuit channel. I'll do you a link to it on Christmas. It's had nearly 150,000 views. The biggest video I've ever had on this channel was like 30. It took me three years to get it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not that great. I think they put some money behind it. But, um, yeah, it's out there, the Circuit Channel. And I, I came doing more videos from them. They're more aimed at the, um, the multi-drop people, which I'm, I've called multi-drop monthly. I'm thinking of changing the title to extreme multi-drop. Because if you I like the, you know, like extreme sports. If you're doing 150 to 200 drops a day, you know, it's like extreme rock climbing, extreme power boating, extreme multi-dropping. Because I figure you guys are doing it. I think you should get some kudos you know, but um, yeah, like I say, there, there'll be, I'll, I'll link somewhere up to it, like you know. But um, there is more videos coming out on that. It's kind, of, it's a channel similar to mine, but much more aimed at your Argos, Amazon, Hermes, Parcel Force, that lot.
And uh, but having said that, I'm very grateful for any con- content or comments that you can give me that I can then use on their channel and stuff like. It helps. It helps me. It helps them. They pay me, which helps me do this, and then thus the wheel spins. Yeah. So, but this is two very interesting points. Mainly, we start off with um, Godzilla's because I said about I kind of figure if you're driving that van and you're stopping, starting all the time, does it kill the battery? Does it kill your ignition keys? Does it kill like um, your solenoids and all that? He says. Um, does multi-drop kill stuff? Sort of, maybe. He said, um, the starter is good for like 100,000 starts. So you might kill it in 40,000 instead. But still, 40,000 starts. He says, um, you can, which means in real life, once you've once you changed it, it's three to four years, given you aren't doing that many miles, um, and you only stop it when you have to. Sometimes, presumably, you just jump out, do the parcel, jump back in, it's still running. Um, some report it's a clutch killer, but once again, not really the case. What does what does suffer, oddly enough, is your tyres. You will see um, 100,000 out of a set thanks to always steering, always being on lock, um, and through housing states and pulling away. So you're always, so if you're kind of wearing the sides out, is what I think is what it's saying. The slow speed uh, moving around kills rubber. Also, the brakes suffer. He said a friend of mine was um, using a micro for dropping passports, credit cards, um, and quick fit said they would change him out, change his brakes out, and offer him a lifetime guarantee. Big mistake. He said, the third time he went back, they said they would replace them yet again, but it was the last time. That's four lots of breaks he went through in 100,000 miles, which was showing on the clock. Um, he said, I was changing the pads out every second MOT. So what he's saying is the multi-dropping will kill your tyres and your brakes, not your electrical system. Uh, John Gunn also says, um, similar feedback to Godzilla's. He said, I bought a new Sprinter back in March, and so far the starter is good, having done just under 40,000 miles. But I'm sure... Um, it will be emotional when it goes. It's a sprinter, mate. It's a Merc. Yeah, well, the starters, the, the, the ignition system on um, a sprinter fits into two categories. There's, there's two different bits. Uh, one's like 400 quid and one's 600 pound, and they tend to go within a week of each other or within a month of each other. You're looking at the best part of a grand to change that. It's, I know, it happened to me. <laughs> I wasn't happy. <laughs> what do you mean the starter's broken? You just changed it. Yeah, it's the other bit. Other bit? What do you mean other bit? It's a key. Um, he said, uh, right. Uh, new ones have stop start anyway. Um, so hopefully starter is built in for a bashing. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, tires get shredded. Brakes did me roughly 35k, but I don't tend to hammer it. Um, I do roughly to 90 to 120 stops a day for DPD. Was doing 160 at Christmas. Some guys use the box of relays and the Mancrafters, but keys can snap in the ignition with constant use, and they can be less reliable than Mercs. But that's not a hard or fast rule. And with everything, there's an element of luck involved. As for loading, oh, you can number the parcels in reverse order. Mate, we'll come to that another day, but thank you very much. So it looks like it's the tyres and the brakes that are going to kill you. But if you know better, let me know. I'll gladly pass it on. Um, Steve Campbell, also on the subject of circuits, we're talking about them as well, weren't we? He's done a couple of videos doing the cleaning of the wheelie bins, 70, 90 a day. Steve, where are they? Because the circuit mob wants someone to do videos who's actually doing the circuit. And I don't. I've said this, I don't. As a multi-drop app, I've used it a few times. It's really good. And it's like having you know people talking to me about it. It's good because we talk. But I'm not Mr. Multi-Drop. I'm Mr. Lorry. I, I, I do like two drops a day. Tell me where these videos are. I want to get you in contact with these people. You could be the guy they're looking for. So you've got my phone number. Call me. We met for a drink in the pub. He don't drink his drunk coke. But um, I had a pint. 
Um, Ian Coyle says, um, he said, I've used the circuit app. The times were way off. I don't know what happened with that, Ian. I've got to be honest with you. If a bit more information would be great. Because it, it syncs with either Waze or Google. So if it works out the drop order, then syncs with either Waze or Google, and then according to what the traffic is, tells you what the timings are. So if the timings are off, I don't know if that's necessarily down to circuit or down to which app you're using to do your... Um, your navigation, because you can use Waze, Google, TruckNav, something else, something else again, I don't know. Um, but yeah, a bit more information on that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, I'll be honest with you. I am, but if it was, it was. Um, H2IK37, that's a droid's name. Um, it would be great if they would let you scan the barcodes in. Barcodes on parcels as you load them into the van. The problem you've got with that is I think barcodes are they now again, we're going to go to the wise guys here. Are barcodes specific to um, the place that uses them, or can you just read a barcode? Because that's quite an interesting thing. Can you scan barcodes in with a, a third-party app is the question. And even if it did, you'd still have to, yeah, but you could do that. You could scan it in, and then when it optimise it, I don't know. I, I don't quite know how that would work. we have to come back to that one. Um, and Mad Dog, he says, oh, Mad Dog, because he's come up with an answer to that one. He said, with a PDA, just take a picture of... Um, the code on your phone, then scan the pictures at the end. Again, I'm not quite sure. I, I think the idea with the circuit thing is it's supposed to simplify the way things work, not make it more complicated. So we're going to have to have a, a little think about that one, in truth. But, yeah, there we go. And finally, on the subject of um, the extreme multi-dropping, Mel Grant says, just like to say the Argos collection of large items at the moment is rubbish when I dealt with them. Um, they took ages. It does happen sometimes. In fairness, when I was doing the Argos, I didn't have many collections. Hold on, Thomas. It was multi-drop delivery driver. Wonderful people. We've got a lot of time for them. It was a parcel for my daughter's boyfriend. Please stop for that. Can you deliver to your own house? What's going here for? Um... Yeah, the, the, when I was doing the Argos, um, I had to do a couple of, of actual... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Elections. 
Yeah, it kind of it throws you out because you think drop, 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 and then you're looking for it. You go, where's the one I've got? I can't find it. Oh, it's a collection. <laughs> and then you're going, are you taking the old controller away with you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of it did fox me a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the time some of these people are too busy. And that could be what messes you about. I think that's a problem with the Hermes at the moment, but that, that's just my opinion. So, And the final video this week was, I spoke to a guy called Ash. Hi, Ash, if you're um, listening. He actually said, what you want to do, you want to have a discussion, because I know I'm, I'm due one, I said from last week, about how much should you price on an 18 tonne. Because I've done one for seven tonnes, I haven't done one for 18 tonnes. Truth is, not a lot of difference between the two, but I'll do one. But he said, you want to have a discussion with everybody about the difference between Euro 5 and Euro 6. He says, a lot of these people are buying Euro 6 because they feel they need to. And if you actually sit down and do the maths, they might be doing themselves a bit of a service. So I probably will do that one. I've had plenty of time to do it this week. I was on one collection for four hours. That's ridiculous. Four hours. Got there at 18 minutes past eight, left at 10 past 12 to go to Brighton. Sure enough, I came back empty. Um, they did give me waiting time and they didn't argue. But I'd still rather not have it. I'd rather have a second job like, you know. But... Um, yeah, I could have done it then, but sometimes when you're sitting there and waiting, you think, oh, just get this done. You don't, it, it takes your impetus to do other stuff out. It's a shame. But anyway, he did say, and we had this problem in the fact he said, I've got a regular job coming at Heathrow. Some days it might be two pallets, some days it might be ten pallets, and it might be going to Manchester, Edinburgh, and Newcastle, or it might or it might not. And I said, there's this thing out there called Pallet Line, which is when everyone goes, oh, we'll put it on Pallet Line, or we'll put it on the Pallet, the pallet Network. I said, I don't know how it works. So I threw it out there, how this Pallet Network works. Uh, this is what we got back. Alan Brace says, Pallet Network, mate. He says, I work in a warehouse in Newcastle. We use the Pallet Network all the time. We pay £45 per pallet. £10 extra is required for an AM service. Um, original Acura R says... He said, well, that doesn't necessarily help how the job is. And he said, with that job, he said, you have to charge the maximum, unfortunately, just the way it goes for these jobs. Um, it's the same whether you whether they give you 20 drops or 70 drops. So you're saying, well, what we're going to do is we are going to charge you for an Arctic for a day to go round here. So if you've only actually got two punnets to go out to Manchester, it's still going to cost you 1,200 quid. So I think with that situation, you'd probably still you'd have to actually price it individually. Um, Andre Soldar says, um, Hi Pete, he said there's a lots of jobs, oh right, this is something completely, yeah, that's kind of what I got back on that, I would say Ash, the best thing to do is probably do a bit of private research onto the, or ring the Pallet Network yourself and go, look, he's something I've got, this is what's happening, can I use you, does it help? That's the best I could do, mate. Sorry. There might be more, maybe next week if there's more, we'll come back to it. Um, Alan Soldale says, Pete, there's a lot of jobs in Heathrow requiring company ID. Did you face this situation? What does company ID mean? Can I do my own company ID card? Will it be accepted? Thank you. Yes, company ID is Mickey Mouse in the fact that it comes in and it says requires company ID. And I've gone, yeah, but I've got the job of the CX, so I've got it off of Barry's Couriers. I'm not going to have company ID for Barry's Couriers. I'm going to have company ID for Van Gogh Transport, which is my company. So when I get up, they're expecting Barry's Courier driver. Have you got the ID? Yeah. Bangor Transport. And they went, yeah, they know all about that. They don't care. And then it turns out you can basically get company ID made off of, you know, you can either print it. I mean, I got my daughter to print one off and got it laminated. It looked a bit, it wasn't great. And I didn't want to ask her to do it twice. It was a bit too big and it didn't look brilliant. But you basically print it off yourself. So it's like, have you got a passport? Your passport driver's license, yes. Have you got company ID? Yes. 
You get your kids to do it on a DTP, print it off and laminate it, and they go, there you go. So it doesn't mean anything, really. It's frustrating, but requires company ID. And if you're going to do it, print. you want to put a date on it. Because otherwise, we go, oh, expiry date. Put expiry date for two years. Don't put it for one, put it for two. That way it expires later. You can pay online people to do it for about 25 quid. I kind of don't really go into London anymore anyway because of the Euro 6 thing. Um, and it says requires company ID. I always used to think, well, that's going to be an airport. That's going to be painful. Painful getting in, sitting there forever. Painful getting out. I just thought I won't do it. But yeah, that's what company ID is. Um, David Cosy says, <laughs> David finally also makes the reasonable point. It's going to Newcastle, Manchester and uh, Glasgow. All three of these destinations near airports. Why don't they just fly in there? <laughs> I imagine it's cost prohibitive. You could get a Chinook helicopter and just drop them individually. But again, probably difficult with airspace and cost prohibitive, I imagine. So we're on to the wise guys now. Um, this is the question. I think there's only one of the wise guys. So we threw the question out last week. Uh, oh, no, this is one I need to know the answer to. Um, Ian Reynolds says, it's to do with the tax and VAT on mileage. He says, can I still claim the 40p a mile for the first uh, 10,000 miles and 20p after that on my tax rebate if I'm using a card? If I do 300 miles a week over six days doing parcels, and that, uh, that will allocate to be the right wedge when it comes to it. He says, so can I use my card and claim 40 pence? I have no idea. I just use, uh, I have a fuel card. When I go into the petrol station, I hand over the fuel card. I press the I press the four-digit code. They say thanks very much, and I leave. So if anyone can help Ian Reynolds with his question, and we can put that one out next week, that would be great. Uh, right. Trucks. We're on to trucks. Um... Quite a bit on trucks this week, actually. Um, I said about I said about the idea when I go again, will I get an automatic? Uh, my mate Nick, the urban trucker. Hello, mate. Phil, a farm of information as always. He says on the subject of automatic gearboxes, my Scania has a three-pedal OptiCruise semi-automatic gearbox. Basically, you can just use the clutch to pull away when you come to a stop. Um, it's great because you don't have the hesitation like you do with some other automatics at roundabouts. That's my fear. You put your foot down to go off on a roundabout and the gain isn't there and then you're pulling off slowly and you're thinking, he's going to smack it, so I'm going to get a horn in a minute. He's going to frown at me. It's not my fault. I put my foot down, you know. Um, and junctions. It gives you much better control when reversing. It's the best of both worlds. You should try one next time you're looking for another truck. I will bear it in mind. I've still got to get a driver first. I've got three, we've got four lorries and three drivers at the moment. Um, if you're in the Dunstable area and you fancy a job working for Vanguard, please uh, leave leave a message in the um, notes. I'll put it over to Alan. Uncle Semtex, it's an interesting an interesting um, logo that one. Uh, says on the subject of leasing a truck on your own license, because there was that thing. Can if you've got how many, can you take a truck on your own license? Can, if can I hire a truck and use it? If um, my truck breaks down, he says, on the subject, it's on leasing. Because we're thinking about leasing, but you need to be limited. We're still not limited. We've got to be something because the tax is going to kill us. Uh, on the subject of leasing a truck on your own license, you can lease a truck if you have a spare space on your own license. It all comes down to if you've got the spare space, you can do it. For example, if you're running six trucks on your own license or you, uh, you have 12 trucks, then you can lease six if you've got 12 on your own. If you have an O license for 12 trucks and you're running 12 trucks, you can't lease a truck at all. So it really just comes down to what space you've got on your own license. Well, I've got 
sixth basis on my O license and four trucks. So theoretically, I could then hire trucks on my O license and get the thing put in. I could hire them on a daily basis and run them. And I think that is the end of that. Thank you very much to everybody who put me in the picture. Always much appreciated from Clueless Pete over here. Um, Tom Moyer says, he said, I love the video. It's very helpful for getting the O license haulage information. He said, the only thing I would disagree with, oh, this is what is the best truck. On the best trucks, he says Volvo's the way forward. I drive a Volvo FH unit. It's a superb wagon. They do nice widgets too. Agree on the London stuff. It's no fun driving Arctics down there. Yes, mate, tell me about it. I mean, I don't, but I've seen them and I thought, really? I, I, I wouldn't fancy doing that. Um, most days, which is why I'm looking at getting, um, it's no fun driving, getting O license, presumably get a smaller truck. Thanks for your advice. Good luck with the O license. Absolutely. The truth of the matter is, I've only ever owned two trucks. I had, well, I've driven, no, that's not true. I've only ever driven two trucks um, regularly. I used to have a 75 E15, which is the original IV Co. That was Shirley. She was lovely, reliable, fantastic until she died. Ran around the ground, bless her. Um, and I've got Alice, who's the DAF. Both of them have been absolutely fine trucks. I fancy a Merc. Harry's got a Merc. I fancy the Merc. I can't really comment on which is the best trucks to drive. The best people to talk about this would probably be you guys who are like agency drivers, jumping in and out of lorries all the time. You'd be in a much better position to go, well, I prefer this is automatics better, this semi-automatics better, this lorry's better than that lorry. I think also at the end of the day, it comes down to per- personal choice. I found both, I mean, I, I was, my mechanic said, don't buy an Iveco anymore. They used to be good. Iveco. I vibrate, everything comes off. But then I spoke to a guy when I was there for four hours getting loaded on Wednesday, Thursday, yesterday. Um, and he went, he's got an IV case, brilliant. Absolutely love it. I think it just comes down to, maybe there's a difference on each individual lorry as it comes off the production line. Maybe it just comes down to personal preference. I really don't know, like, you know. But for me, I find the DAF is very much like a transit. It's reliable. The parts are cheap, they're easy to get hold of, and Alice has been a very lovely truck to me, I can't complain. And it wasn't there. 5,200 quid I paid for that truck. I've had it probably coming up for over two years now. Don't owe me no money. Didn't owe me any money in the last two, the first two months. So, um, probably less than that. Right, Matthew Smith says, um, oh, that was it, we said about bays. Because I said, because, you know, if you've got the big tail lift on the back of your lorry, how do you get it on a bay? And again, that guy, the Iveco guy, the one I just mentioned, he's got a tiny little tail lift. He says, like I used to have on my, on my first um, Luton on Penny. And you could drop the tail, and the tail actually drops, so it's that far off the floor, but still clear, so you can reverse it. The problem with that is it's not a very big tail. And if you've got to get a pallet off, you've got to take, like, I had to take off a pallet of Red Bull. It must have weighed over, it's weighed a ton. And when you've got a tiny towel lift to play, play with, it's no fun at all. So if that starts to go, you've got to position it just right. You've got to sort of, on your, um, on your pallet, you've got to get it the, the, the small side round and get it just right. And if you go a little bit too far, it starts to tip. It's good night, Vienna. So, um, so the bigger towel lifts are better, but then there's the bay problem. And um, he said that with the base, they have a gap underneath, so you can drop the tail and you can reverse it through. As Domain name goes, a few people said, you, Domain Angon said us, he says, um, the flat tail lift normally fits in space underneath the loading dock, which is made so you can drop the tail and then still reverse right up. He said, leaving just enough clearance for the tail lift, you know, so you drop it that far from the floor and then just reverse it straight in. Um, 
He said, but normally, he said, I get there and I tell him I've got a tail and he said, and the fork truck comes out anyway. Um, Godzilla says, with the cantilever, which is that big tail that I was talking about earlier on, he says, newer units these days have a bay with a hole under which will um, allow you the tail to drop and slide under, as, as domain name guy says. So, so you simply drop it back down, about two inches from the floor, and reverse it straight in. Some tailless have rails that fold away so as not to impact your load. Um, you drop back and then pull the rails back into locking place. He said that these will stop you sliding off the sides, both yourself and the load, which is dead handy. Um, some places have health and safety nut jobs demanding these tailless have them fitted. And he did actually do a video in the link that sort of throws you over to that one. But I just think, and it will depend. I'll go, you'll go to certain RDCs and they'll go, you've got a tail lift? No, we're not taking it. Well, I can drop the tail and I can reverse it up to the button. No, no, we're not taking it. Unless it fits flat, we're not having it. Unless it, everybody's got their own set of rules. It's a bit like with the POD things. Um, we don't want pop copies. We must have card copies. We only want digital copies. We want digital copies. Oh, just, I'll drive you mad at the end of the day. You have to find a system you work with and just do the best you can. And also, Godzilla, so we're on a miscellaneous now. Godzilla said, he said, here's one for you. Um, he said, it could be a long one. Um, he said, GT Manchester looking to fail as, um, hang on a second. Oh, it was to do with the Euro, the Euro 6 in Manchester was £60 fine. Portsmouth, which was new to me. Birmingham, of course, South Cares. Got York, Bradford, Newcastle, basically anywhere with the ring road is considering it as a source of revenue. I agree with you. I think you're right. Uh, Bristol is banning all diesel cars from March next year. Um... Your thoughts are valid. So I will do one, because I said I would, about um, something Ash brought up on the difference between Euro 5 and Euro 6 and do we need it and cost-effective and all that kind of stuff. But it is getting tougher out there. Everyone's like, what I don't understand is, you know, everyone's going to turn around and go, yeah, we want it. We want clean air, we want the finest vehicles, and we say, fine. That bottle of milk that used to cost you a pound is now going to cost you pound fifty. What? Well, no, 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 I don't want to pay the extra money. Yeah, you want the clean air, it's got to come from somewhere. We've got to scrap our £10,000 trucks and buy £20,000 trucks. The money's got to come from somewhere. It's going to cost you more money to get it delivered, I figure, but we'll see. Um, and It's Me says, what current average pay for a long wheelbase Merc Sprinter or an extra large um, wheelbase Transit Euro 6? The Euro 6 doesn't matter. It's still going to be the same fee. Um, I would say on a long wheelbase, you want to be looking nowadays, long wheelbase, extra long wheelbase, you want to be charging pound a mile, I think. Um, I, when I started, I was charging pound one ten a mile on a loot and less, but everything's clocked up. I think you want to be looking for pound a mile on a long wheelbase, maybe 120 on a, an extra long wheelbase. If it's got the zone on it, doesn't matter whether you're a six or not, put the zone charge on top because you've had to pay for that new motor. So if you're going to somewhere that's got zone on it, it's going to cost everybody else £15 to drive in, put an extra £10, £15 on for yourself because you've got to maintain your van. As we just said, the milk's going to cost you more money. You want clean air, that's absolutely fine. But that doesn't mean that we have to survive on less dough because it's hard enough as it is, you know. Um, Paul Costigan says, he said, oh, 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 Waze versus Google. I did that last week, and I told everybody Google was better. I've since gone back to Waze. <laughs> I thought, it worked all right for a little while, and then you go, when it stops in the middle of a dual carriageway and goes, you have arrived at your destination, and I go, yeah, I kind of thought after three years not using it, you would have got that glitch out. The biggest problem I've had with Google after using it for about two, three weeks is the fact that it seems to sub-divert my phone. 
So that it comes in, and rather than ringing like, on the phone, it rings through Google, then I can't work out how to answer it. Then when I finally do answer it, it answers it, but it doesn't tune into hands-free. And by the time it has tuned into hands-free, I've lost the call. And it could be someone confirming me a job. So they'll quickly got to try and get back to them and go, yeah, I can still do it. Also, at the same time, it changes my, it turns my volume on the phone, the ringing volume on the phone right down to nothing. Why? I don't know. I've just gone back to waste. And what, the other thing that gets me is when you sort of go, you sort of do the overview. And you go, well, which way am I going? Going M1, am I going M6? Well, why don't you click the thing at the bottom and it goes, go to junction 14, go to the M6. With Google, it's like a really detailed explanation. And I go, and I'm looking at this going, where am I going? I'm just going to follow it. So now I've, I've gone back to ways. It's not perfect. And it still does that really irritating thing that if you're not on the front screen, shuts itself down, but when it comes back on the front screen, it repicks itself back up again, so I still prefer Wave. Not perfect, it'd be brilliant if they could get width restriction stuff like that, but in the meantime, it's not perfect, but it's very, very good on live traffic, and it's free. Um, Sean Gilmartin says, went off Waze and went on the Google Maps about seven years ago, um, was finding Waze had too many residual road closed issues that no longer affecting the current routing. No, I can't say that. Fair enough. I, I take on board your point. But um, it, I've, I've gone back to it. End of the day, you do you. We've all got our own personal preferences. We're all individuals. We can do what we want to do kind of thing. Um, Gintutasnik says, with all respect, guys, and this has come down to price per mile. The man says about how much should he charge. He says you should be charging 150 a mile in the loot. And um, if you're not, you're in the wrong business. He says the fuel servicing, van insurance is expensive. If you go too cheap, you take home pretty much nothing after your deductible, simple as that. So you get to the point where you're sweating for cheap, letting shipping companies build profits. We are doing the donkey work and killing our vehicles. We need to sort of hold the line. Um, respect for business, respect for ourselves and other people. Um, do not run and do not ruin this business and have a nice journey. That, that's his take on it. The problem you've got, I go with this again uh, to Tass, is you've got the conveyor belt of fools, which I've mentioned before, where you're always going to get people to come and do it too cheap, then go out of business and get replaced by other people. And you're always up against somebody, whereas you're thinking that job's 150 a mile, and he's thinking that job would be 150 a mile if it wouldn't be so the fact that it's actually, I'm picking up here and it drops off, you know, five minutes away from my house. So with that in mind, I am going to do it cheap. And one day that guy's going to be you. You're thinking, well, normally I'd charge 150 a mile on that, but um, I really want that job because it's taking me home, so I'm going to go a pound. And if you're going to do it, or you go 150 and then lose it and think, I wish I hadn't. That's just, it just it's a bidding platform. It's a backload platform. It has its problems. It is what it is. Uh, Christian Sutton says, hi, if anyone can help me, he says, um, he says I'm shopping around for my first long wheelbase fan. Is a long an L3 okay for long wheelbase fan jobs? Obviously not as long as L4s. The way I've always worked this, Christian, uh, there is one on sizes of vans, but the way I tend to look at it is short wheelbase, one pallet, medium wheelbase, two pallets, long wheelbase, three pallets, extra long wheelbase, four pallets. That's not an exact science. So you're looking at one metre, two metres, 1.2 metres on the short wheelbase, two metres, three metres, four metres. If you've got... A three-metre van, you tell everyone it's an extra long wheelbase, you could come unstuck. If you've got a four-metre van, you're telling everyone it's a long wheelbase, you're probably selling yourself short. That's not an exact science. That's just a general rule of thumb. I work by that one. And I think if you put what your van is and the measurements in your um, on your CX profile and work on that principle, 99% of the time I think you're going to be okay. And the final word today is from Unknown User. 
who says he likes videos. He says, quick question. I'm a small van driver for a company in Bedford, but looking to buy myself a small van and start a CX. Do I think Bedfordshire is an area, is a very good area of the CX? Mate, this has all the makings of your lucky day. <laughs> I don't live far from Bedford. I live just outside of Dunstable. And when I started, Tony was working in Perfleet, and he said I didn't realise that when I put it into the CX. It's probably, in my opinion, Milton Keynes, I think, is the busiest area in the country when it comes down to the CX. It doesn't do me any favours to tell you guys this because then you're all going to want to move to Milton Keynes and start taking jobs on the CX, which is where I work. But I don't work that way. I work on the karma thing. I work on the fact that um, I just want everybody to be happy. And up until this point, it's still be in good stead. So that's it for this week. OCP, Robocop. Of course it is. So, yeah, that's it. I hope you're all cool. Slowly getting back to normal. Getting a bit lighter. Getting a bit warmer. Take care. Take money. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.